So quick story on that, two really quick stories. I grew up about an hour and a half from Chicago, and, and I do not like the Cubs. I'm not a Cubs fan. But me and my buddies would go to about six or eight games a year because we wanted to be there for the seventh inning stretch to see Harry Carey sing. Because he'd lean out over the over the window and he'd go he'd go crazy and everybody go crazy. So that that's kind of why I wanted to put that in there. And when I get into the message, you'll understand why. And then the second quick little story: my oldest daughter Lily over here. She uh, when she was a baby, she would be crying and fussing, and the only song that would work to get her to sleep was that one. So I would hold her and start singing "Take Me Out to the Ball Game," and she'd go right to sleep. So I'm surprised she's still awake now, honestly, because <laughs> it's one of those songs. But we, we we thank you for being here. If you are new with us today, we are in what is called the Summer Blockbuster Series, and what that is is we take movies, uh, movies hopefully that you have seen, and we try and pull the biblical truths out of those movies. I believe every movie has biblical truth in it. They may not be biblical movies. But it doesn't mean that you can't pull truth out of those. And so that's what it is. I can say, as I told the first service, it, you know, it's very humbling to be the guy that has to follow when the pastor's off because it's an ego check, right? Because I know I'm not going to have very many people here. So I thank you for being here and, and we're going to have a good time. So <laughs> let's go ahead and get started. 42. Go to any major league stadium in this country and you will see it hanging on the wall. It is a number that will no longer be worn by any player in the history of Major League Baseball. It is a retired number. Why 42? 42 is the story of an important piece of sports and American history. 42 is the story of character and the story of integrity. 42 is about more than a number. It is about the man behind the number. Jack Roosevelt Jackie Robinson was born in Cairo, Georgia on January 31st, 1919. And as most African-Americans in that time, he was the son of sharecroppers. Early in his life, the family moved to California, and he grew up a four-sports star in high school, and then went to UCLA, and was a four-sports star at UCLA. I believe, actually, that he competed in the Olympics, and then he went off to be, uh, he was in the war as well. So upon returning from the war, Jackie was invited to play professional baseball in the Negro Leagues, and the rest, as they say, is history. On April 15, 1947, he became the first African-American to play in the major leagues. His career was one of struggle, discrimination, stardom, and pain. He broke down the barriers, but still faced the discrimination and the hatred of the day. Through all of it, with the support of Branch Rickey, the team owner, his family, very few of his teammates, and most importantly, God, Jackie was able to retain the character and the integrity that the Lord had blessed him with. Character is a moral and ethical quality about a person. And I've heard character described this way. Character is who you are when nobody's looking. That's what character is. As Christians, we are called and challenged to live a life of good moral character that reflects Jesus Christ. It is one of the things that separates us from the rest of the world. People that are living like Christ, looking like Christ, they look different than the rest of the world does. Our character helps us do that. Unfortunately, we live in a time that has lost sight of the value of character. And just watching the news, we can see that. More disturbingly is that we as Christians seem much less concerned about character than we used to be. Character doesn't seem to be an issue that we talk about in the church. It is getting more and more difficult to separate us believers from the non-believers. Who we are is defined by our character. 
So if we are defined by our character, what then defines character? Let's take some time this morning and, and use the clips from the movie 42 to help us figure that out. Mm-hmm. You want to take care of your mama? No. No? You better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You want to take care of my mama? Come here, baby. Promise me you're right. When have I ever not written? I want you to know I'm there for you, even if it's words on paper. Ray, you're in my heart. (laughs) You're getting close now, and the closer you get, the worse they'll be. Don't let them get to you. I won't. God built me to last. See you in Brooklyn in eight weeks. It might be Montreal. It's going to be Brooklyn. I know it is. So that was just when he was getting ready to go to spring break, which was in Montreal, the double-A club of the Dodgers at the time. And, and as we know, eventually he made it to the major league club. Jackie had to face unbelievable hardship to pursue that thing which the Lord had called him to. As his wife began to talk about the things coming his way, you could get a sense of an inner strength being girded up in Jackie. It's as if he knew, and it's as if he became fully aware of the purpose God had prepared him for. And he was fully preparing himself to have his character tested. Jackie utters a line which speaks to his character and challenges us as Christ followers today. God built me to last. So the first thing we learn about character is character takes persistence. God has built all of us Christ followers to last. Every single one of us. To fully walk in the character befitting a follower, we must be persistent in what it is God has called us into. And I believe God has called every single one of us into something. Persistence is something that stands out in today's culture. Seeing a person fight through the troubles, pain, and opposition is not a popular quality. So often, we see people give up at the first hint of friction. And I told the first service, I know three or four people in, in my life who have quit every single thing that they've ever started. They start it, it gets hard, they quit. Do something else, gets hard, they quit. Try this job, opposition comes, they quit. Every single thing they've started, they have quit. And I think all of us know people like that. What is even more alarming, though, is to see believers give up. And I think we have seen that as well. We've seen Christians just give up, throw up their hands and say, I'm done. We have been sealed and redeemed by the blood and the first sign of opposition, we cower and run. I understand there are troubles in life. The Bible tells us over and over again that that will be the case. I even understand that sometimes we face things that are beyond our abilities and beyond our capabilities. But when we have a God-given vision for our lives, we know that there's going to be opposition. 
because the devil doesn't want us to do what God wants us to do. The opposition in our lives is the character building force. It's that opposition that's going to bring out your true character. For those who may be struggling with character, they focus on the opposition and more often than not, they quit. So I put it this way. The goal is behind the wall. They focus on the wall and they give up. That wall's too big. The wall's too thick. I'm done. I'm giving up. For those people who want to strive for godly character, they focus on the God-given goal, push through the opposition, and continue growing in the Lord. They see the goal on the other side of the wall and say, I will take this wall apart brick by brick to get there if I have to. That's somebody who wants to have a godly character. That, my friends, is what persistence looks like. Brick by brick, brick by brick, until the wall's down. Think about Jesus for a moment. He faced humiliation, pain, and death. He faced it, pushed through it, and is now seated at the right hand of our Father. Can you imagine if he would have given up at the first word hurled his way? Or the first whip of the, of the whip? Where would we be today? He persisted through it. As Christians, our persistence to God's plan will bring blessing upon us and will bring glory to God's name. Galatians 6, 9 puts it this way. May we never tire of doing what is good and right before our Lord, because in his season we shall bring in a great harvest if we can just persist. The idea of never tiring sounds a lot like persistence, right? Those who are persistent seem to never tire and they're always there. Persistence in our love for the Lord shows character. Persistence to God's plan shows character. Persistence through the troubles and strife show godly character. And persistence in the face of opposition shows character. Jackie Robinson was to face incredibly hateful things. He would be thrust into a situation where his character would not only be on display, but it would be challenged. He knew that he would have to be persistent in pursuit of his goals if he had any chance at all in making it. All of us here this morning are facing opposition of some kind. For some of us, it may be personal opposition. For some of us, it may be relational. For some of us, it may be work-related. But every one of us in here is facing opposition. We all have a decision to make this morning, which will reflect on our character. Are we going to see that opposition and give up? Or are we going to persist through and be lifted up? The pursuit of character takes persistence. And remember, God has built us to last. What comes to mind when you think about courage? When I say the word courage. Maybe it's a war story or a personal hero or somebody who fought through unbelievable circumstances. Like Timmy. You know, when I think of courage, I think of Timmy. What he had to fight. There anybody else who's had to fight cancer. Maybe it's someone doing something that seemed impossible. Every one of us may have a different perspective on courage, but one thing is sure. We all know what courage is when we see it. All right, guys, this next clip here is, it's a tough one to watch. And, and I really went back and forth on if I should show it or not. And, and I talked to Doug and he said, absolutely show it. But I do want to preface it with this. this the N-word is used a lot. And so if that's something that, that you find offensive, I don't mind if you want to leave and come back after it's over. We, we want to be able to protect you for that. But I'm telling you, it is used quite, quite often, and, and it's very, very offensive. But it's important to the story and important to what we're talking about. Bottom of the place. Skies are lit now. Pretty threatening. Any stanky? Safe at first. 
And Jackie Robinson stepping into the plate. There's a slight breeze coming in from right field. Quarter in towards left. It shouldn't give much of an advantage to the right-handed hitters. Hey, nigger! Black nigger! Hey, why don't you go back to the cotton fields where you come from? Huh? I thought you swing your way out of a jungle. Chapman, the Phillies manager seems to be chirping something out to Robinson. Chapman, a hothead during his playing days with the Yankees, has carried that reputation right into his manager. never had to deal with that at my job you know and i i i'm i'm in customer service i've dealt with angry customers but i've never had to deal with that imagine that every city every game that's what he had to deal with imagine having to deal with some of the most insensitive vulgar and hateful language imaginable imagine continually trying your hardest and trying to treat every person in every situation with respect in the face of real hatred Imagine trying to keep your character and keep respectful dealing with that every single day. Maybe some of you in here have had something similar happen to you, in which case God bless you because I have not. And, and, and may, the God, may God protect you and give you strength and, and hope that you don't have to continue to face that. So it would be impossible for me to say how hard retaining my character might be in that situation. Yet somehow Jackie was able to do so. It did not mean that there were not moments of anger or frustration. Of course there were those. But he did not let those moments affect his character. As a matter of fact, right after the scene, you see him, he goes into the back and and he destroys his bat, which I can totally understand. But he didn't explode and take it out on people. His character remained intact. 
So if you're like me, I'm asking myself, how in the world can he do that? How was he able to know what was awaiting him in the next major league city and put his uniform on? I believe that season, the Dodgers received somewhere around 6,000 death threats. People who said, well, we will kill your family if you come to our city. That newborn baby you just had, we will drag behind our cars if you want to play baseball in our town. And yet he put his uniform on and faced it. One word, guys, and that's courage. Character takes courage. Courage is strength in the face of pain or grief. Courage allows a person to face the most unbelievable of circumstances. Courage helps us get up each morning and face the day, even as we are staring at unbelievable and unsurmountable odds. Courage comes from an inner strength that is larger and greater than anything we could possibly imagine. Men and women of character have a level of courage that is awe-inspiring. And two quick stories when I think of courage. The first one is my mother graduated high school in 1972, and that was towards the end of the, I guess technically Vietnam War was over in 72, but it wasn't. And she went into the Air Force and was stationed in Warner Robins Air Force Base, Bonaire, Georgia. That's where I was born. And then she was transferred to Elmendorf Base in Alaska. She was the first female to ever be on that base. So she walked in, and they had never seen a female before on the base, didn't even have facilities for a woman. And that's what my mother had to face. And believe me, they let her know that she was the first woman to ever be on that base. The second story I think of, and if I screw this up, my wife can give you the actual details, is her grandfather was at (laughs) World War II, and the troop that he was in, every single member of the troop, I believe except one or two, was killed, and then most of their replacements were killed. And I, 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 I think this is correct. I remember there was a time when his troop was, was ambushed, and, and I believe all of them were killed except her grandpa. And the government actually left him for dead because they thought everybody was dead, and he was trapped behind enemy lines in Germany for a couple weeks. That is courage. <laughs> you know, the stuff I have to face isn't quite like that. But that's what it looks like. But when you talk to him, when you talk to my mother, they're just unshakable when they tell these stories. They're like that tree that is standing against the storm surge and ferocious winds of a hurricane. You've seen it, right? When they saw hurricane pictures, there's that one tree that's just standing there, just refuses to blow in the wind. It's, that's what courage is. It's as if the roots of that tree go through shifting sand and latch onto the solid foundation below the surface that we can't see. There was a man in the Bible who knows a thing or two about courage. He may be the most powerful person in the New Testament, not named Jesus Christ. And that man was Paul. Paul faced ridicule, prison, loneliness, injury, and death. Yet in the face of all that, he never wavered in his purpose. 1 Corinthians 15, 58, Paul kind of gives us a reason why that is. My dear brothers and sisters, stay firmly planted, be unshakable, Do many good works in the name of God and know that all your labor is not for nothing when it is for God. Paul was not courageous because he had some superhuman ability that we don't have. Jackie Robinson was not more courageous than us because he was an Avenger. Jackie Robinson was a human being just like we are. We have the same capability for courage as they do. Both Paul and Jackie knew, however, that an internal courage came from above. 
Paul could face the unimaginable because of his commitment to God's plan for his life. Jackie was able to step up to the plate because God built him to last. There's a scene where Branch Rickey talks about, they, everybody's explaining, like, this is what Jackie's going to have to go through. And he's like, well, I'm a Methodist, Jackie's a Methodist, and God's a Methodist, so he'll be fine. And so, <laughs> As followers who are pursuing godly character, courage is the key. It takes courage to walk out of faith that is no longer the norm. It takes courage to truly love unconditionally. It takes courage to turn the other cheek. It takes courage to live out the words in which we speak. It takes courage to be exactly who God made you to be and do exactly what he is asking you to do. That, my friends, takes courage. And that's what courage looks like. How many in here would agree that life is hard? Maybe it's easier for some of you, but it's pretty hard, I think. (laughs) How about if you're trying to live a life of godly character? Does it seem to be harder or easier? It's harder, right? For those of us who are trying to reflect Jesus Christ. Godly character and loneliness do not seem to go hand in hand, right? So here's a way to think about this. If you've ever been alone, has godly character been the first thing that's come to your mind? Now that I'm alone, I'm going to be godly and I'm going to, typically that's not the case. And, and, you know, so we understand how difficult that might actually be. The point I'm trying to make here is that character building process, sometimes we need backup. Sometimes we need some teammates. In the pursuit of godly character, I need some teammates to help me out every now and again. Jackie Robinson was no different. And and this is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. I got family out there from Louisville. I need them to know. I need them to know who I am. Hey, number one. You playing ball or socializing? Playing ball, huh? Playing ball. Maybe tomorrow we'll all wear 42. That way they won't tell us apart. Right, let me ask you something, Jackie. How come you never shower until everybody else is done? What, are you shy? I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable. We're a team on a hot streak. Come on, half those wins are on account of you. You're the bravest guy I ever saw. You're leading us. You afraid to take a shower? Take a shower with me, Jackie. <laughs> I, I didn't mean. <laughs> that came out a little wrong. I was not saying just take a shower with me. I was saying, why don't we all go and take a shower? Like, why, as a team, why don't we shower together? Bracca. <laughs> yeah. Stop. Yeah. 
stop it. The number one they were talking about is Pee Wee Reese, who is a Hall of Famer. And at that point, he had he had received one letter from somebody that said, "Man, we hate you, and you're a blank." And and he went in and sat out with Branch Rickey. And that's when Branch Rickey threw this file of six thousand letters down and said, "You know, you know, I'm going to kill your kid. I want to kill your wife." And, and Pee Wee goes, "Does Jackie know about it?" He goes, "Yes." And Pee Wee's like, "We had no idea that he knew about that stuff." And so that's kind of what led up to that scene there. But up to that point, Jackie seemed to be going through the whole thing by himself. He had the support of his team owner, Branch Rickey, and his wife, but did not seem to have the same support of his teammates. After games, Jackie would wait for the locker room to clear, and then he would shower. He felt like he was all alone. But was he? As he faced what he faced and dealt with what he dealt with, his team began to rally around him. They were able to see things on a different level. He was no longer a black man who played baseball, but he was a teammate. His struggle became their struggle. As he continued to show his character in the face of unbelievable hate, his team bonded with him. They began to pick him up when he fell. They began to protect him. His teammates began to urge him to his greater calling. It is vitally important in the pursuit of godly character that we have teammates around us to help us. Character takes teamwork. There will be times in our journeys where we will need help. We will need prayer. We will need wisdom and support. We will need somebody to cry with us and laugh with us. To be men and women of godly character, we need to have people of godly character in our lives. I think it's important to understand that. You know, if we're surrounding ourselves with people who don't have character, we can't be surprised when our lives don't reflect character. If you want to be character-filled lives, we have to have character-filled people in them. There are so many times in my life where I've been thankful for my mates. I was struggling and they were there to pick me up. There were times when I was heading down the wrong path and my team helped me to get back on the right one. In short, I am who I am today, partly because of the team of people behind me. The Bible puts it this way in Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen: In the same way that iron sharpens iron, a person sharpens the character of his friend. And this is a verse we've all heard. Our teammates sharpen our character. They take the rough edges and with love and support, they remove those edges. They refine them and they restore us. It's that simple. If your desire is to be a person of character, surround yourself with people of character. Be part of a small group. Meet regularly with people that you love and you trust. Be open. Be honest. Share your struggles. In a completely metaphorical sense, shower with your team. Right? Don't actually do it because you'll freak them out. But metaphorically speaking, shower with your team. To get anywhere in life, we have discovered that it takes a certain level of resoluteness. We understand that work needs to be done and that there needs to be a high level of commitment to that work. 
We must decide beforehand where we want to be and what is it going to take to get there. Every goal we set before us has a level of steadfastness needed to reach it. Without these things, we could not be the people we want to be or we could not be in the positions God wants us in. Jackie Robinson knew this and made it an important part of his life. They call him country, slaughters hitless in four trips. Climber Casey in his second inning for leave. This game is just as tight as a new pair of shoes on a rainy day. Casey goes into his windup. Slaughter hits a hard ground ball right at Reese. He fires it over to Jack at first. Robinson is down. Slaughter spiked him high up on the leg, and he is down. Damn it, Slaughter! You know what you're doing? You spiked my guy! Just stay off the T-Talk and be right out. Kill. Oh. Next guy up, you hit him right in the head, all right? No, no, Please no, 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 Give me up. No, 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 stay no, no, give me up! Just get him out. Just get him out. Understand? Game's too important. Just get him out. You tough man, Jack. Let's get him out. I don't know about you, but I would have been gotten very angry and wanted them to get retribution, right? Hit him in the head or do something or do this or do that. It would have been understandable if he would have let his emotions take over. But Jackie had an understanding of the bigger picture. He was not going to let a moment ruin what he had set out and what God had set out for him to do. Jackie had determination. To be men and women of character, it takes determination. Determination simply means being committed and resolute to a task or idea. It conveys this idea that nothing will get in the way of our goals. Determination will get you up early and it'll make you stay late. Determination is that one more rep or that one extra lap or that one meal that you may not want to eat, but you know you should. Determination keeps you on task. When we see it, determination can be very inspiring. Jesus Christ is the greatest example of determination that the world has ever seen or will ever see. He remained committed to the task of saving the lost until that task was complete. It was his determination for that goal that gives each and every one of us the determination to be men and women of character. His determination also gives us the ability to withstand the slings and the arrows of the enemy or the words and the actions of those people who are against us. People of godly character show a level of determination that is rarely seen. We understand who is behind us and who is driving our determination. Isaiah 50 verse 7 puts it like this. Because the Lord, the eternal, helps me, I will not be disgraced. So I set my face like a rock confident that I will not be ashamed. Set my face like a rock. A perfect description of what someone with determination looks like. Have you seen somebody who's determined? I mean, they, they really, their face is solid as a rock and they're just, just set on doing what it is they need to do. How much do you desire being a person of godly character? That's a question that only you can answer. But that level of desire will be directly related to your level of determination. Jackie Robinson led the league in being hit by pitch, led the league of of being hit in the head, 
and led the league in being spiked. Yet he still played the game with respect and grace. He was determined to make a difference. Do you believe that you were put on this earth to make a difference? Your determination will help that. Is there anything in life that you feel you're excellent at? And all of us are like, nope, (laughs) there's not. Let me put this question in a different way. Do you do everything in your life with a level of excellence? And that's different. Do you and I work hard in all things at all times? Or are there periods where we take days off or we slack? Even more profound is what kind of work am I putting in when times are difficult? When things aren't going the way that I think they should go, am I, am I crying about it and, and taking time off or am I pushing forward and, and working as hard as I can? I think if we're honest ourselves, sometimes it's the we're taking it a little bit easier than we should. In our journeys toward a more godly character, these are questions each and every one of us must answer. This becomes especially vital in the modern world in which we live. You don't have to tune in the news very long to see that work ethic is under attack. People have seemed to regress to, I will do just enough to get by as long as you'll pay me more money for it. Earning your keep has become extinct. It is now about how much can I get for the least amount of work that I can do. And those of us who run businesses understand this probably better than most. We as a society have downgraded excellence. We want everybody to be equal. We don't want to celebrate people for being excellent and doing excellent things. In our pursuit of godly character, we must be committed to this idea of excellence. Godly character takes excellence. A simple yet profound idea. To be men and women of character, we must strive for excellence. And before we we start freaking out here, I want to clarify something. And I think you might be viewing excellence in a different way than I am. Excellence is not found in the result. Excellence is found in the process. For example, the Bible tells us that God honored men and women who passionately pursued him. Not those who were perfect or did excellent things in the eyes of man. And David is a prime example of that. Right? David didn't do good. He didn't do excellent things, but he pursued the Lord with everything that he had. And God says that is excellent. Colossians three, verse 23. So no matter what your task is, work hard. Always do your best as the Lord's servant, not as man. Doing things with excellence means working hard in all aspects of life at all times. Excellence is not being the best salesman at work but being a horrible husband and father at home. That's not excellence. Excellence is not the 4.0 in the classroom, but the bully in the hallway. That is not excellence. Excellence is not based on title or position. And this is one of my favorite quotes of all time. It's by Martin Luther King Jr. If a man is called to be a street sweeper, he should sweep streets even as a Michelangelo painted or as Beethoven composed music, or as Shakespeare wrote poetry. He should sweep streets so well that all the hosts of heaven and earth will pause to say, here lived a great street sweeper who did his job well. 
That is excellence. Excellence is recognizing God's role in your life and committing yourself fully to him and all that you do that day. Whether it's at home, whether it's at work, whether it's in your car, or in the privacy of your own room. Excellence is not allowing what's going on around you to impact what's going on in you and who you're doing it for. People of character put the same effort in the small unseen things as they do in the large recognized ones. Men and women of character recognize that excellence comes from giving all they are, all they have in, all they do, not because the world needs you to, but because God is asking you to. Because God asked me to do the best that I can, I have to do the best that I can in all that I do, not in the stuff that I want to. Jackie Robinson finished the 1947 season as Rookie of the Year. So despite being the first African-American player in Major League Baseball and despite being ostracized at every turn and despite being hated and cursed and threatened, he committed himself to an excellence and the results speak for themselves. He ended up being in the Hall of Fame in 1972, retired his number. And as good as he was on the field, he did even more work outside of baseball. More importantly, Jackie committed himself to an excellence of character and that had a more profound impact than his baseball ever did. God is calling each and every one of us to a character that stands us apart from the world. He is calling us to be persistent, to be courageous, to gather a team around us, to be determined, and to be excellent in all that we do. So remember, God has built each and every one of us to last, and he has given each and every one of us the character to prove it. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you, Father, for this day. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord, to come before you and to gather together, Father God. And your word only says where two or three are gathered, you will be here. We don't need a hundred or a thousand, God. We only need a few. And us few in this room, God, our hearts cry out to you right now. Father, we pray that you challenge each and every one of us to be men and women of character. Father, we ask that you help us do that. God, I can't be persistent on my own. I need your help. I can't be courageous on my own, Father. I need you. Lord, put people around me who will lift me up, who will support me, who will pray for me, who will set an example of what character looks like. Father, give me the determination to do what it is you need me to do. And finally, God, may I be excellent and give the best effort all times and in all things. Father, we want to be men and women of godly character, not to reflect us, but to reflect you. And so, Father, that's my prayer. My prayer is that we reflect you in all that we do and all that we say. Lord, we continue to lift up the Haiti team. I know they're down there. I know that they're probably going to get started on the work tomorrow. God, we're glad that you kept them safe. And, Father, I ask that you continue to do so. And, Father, we do lift up Jim Skelton, who, who if you may not know, Jim is a, a, had been a longtime supporter of Doug and the Washburn family. And he's given here. He lives in Mississippi, but he's given to many of the projects here. He is very, very ill, and they don't expect that he's going to last very long. And so we just want to lift him to you, Father. God, if it's his time, take his spirit, welcome him home, and, and, and crown him with the crown that you have for him. Father, we thank you. We love you. And we lift up the rest of this day to you. So in your holy and precious name we pray. 
Amen.